welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast where Ash and I talk about our lives and today, some TV. Yeah, a little bit of TV, a little bit of meat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I was like meat, like as if like the meat of the show, but no, we're actually going to talk about meat in general. We're going to discuss meat. How has your week been? We've been busy, busy, busy over here on the West Coast. I think we're doing a pretty amazing job of um, getting settled here, finding a pace, a livable daily pace. If you've been listening to the pod, which I hope you have, and if you haven't, if you're new here, welcome, then you know that November and December were kind of a blur. I also think January was half of a blur, but I feel like I got my feet under me. We're moving forward. I just have to get a job. That's the next thing. Everything is normal except for Ashley's not working. Yeah, you're not working. It's bothering you. It is. I can't not have a job. It's weird. I was writing a, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I was writing a rom-com for an audio network about um, mall workers in the early aughts. It's like a six-part series. And I was writing it in November and December and half of January. But now it's gone off to production. It's out of my hands. And I'm just kind of living day to day. I get up. I go I go exercise. That's, that's something I've been doing. Ashley really has been very active. I've been... Uh in awe of Ashley's activities during the day. I have to sit at my computer all day long and stare at things. Uh, and it's, but you know, I, I would imagine if it didn't go by quickly, cause it sort of does, I would probably be, I would probably consider it soul crushing, but you know, the nature of a, a work from home situation, especially in the television business is honestly, you're not really working all that long. But when you are working, it's intense and it's really screen driven. So I feel like my lifeblood is being sucked through my eyeballs during Nick. the day. And uh, but I'm looking at Ashley, and she's going on hikes, and then she's going to the gym, and then she's going on a long walk, and sometimes she does all three in one day. And I cannot even fathom it because I haven't been to the gym once. Well, I have about mm, a lily-sized lump to get rid of right on my midsection. And I am uh, talking, not, not in like a medical way, guys. Uh, <laughs> no. Lump sounds bad. This is uh, it's oh. a belly. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, more of a flump. It's a flump. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little chubby lump. Listen, Ashley looks absolutely gorgeous, wonderful. Shouldn't need to lose any weight at all. But um, the both of us got thick, I would say, and between the. I would say the summer and the move. There was a uh, thickening. Yeah, there's a, the thickening. <laughs> the thickening. That must be something on, on Twitter. The Look it thickening. Up. Yeah, uh, everything yes, just kind of grew. <laughs> like everything got a little wider in our lives. Yeah. Um, trying to turn back the hands of time a little bit. Trying to turn it back a, a, a few notches on the dial, right? Yeah, right I now, think we're currently. doing a good job. Mainly... What we are doing is attempting to eat most meals at home. And um, we've been doing an awesome job at that. I think we have been. For me personally, it's all about routine. I need to have the things that I like and I can cook and that are quick and easy. And if they're not quick and easy for everybody, quick and easy for me, available at all times. So it's when I look and like there's one aspect of like the meal that I wanted to cook that's not there that I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Go get to the supermarket? It's like, eh, you want to go out or, eh, you want to order sushi, you know, and then all of a sudden, not only are we spending extra money, but we're probably taking in more calories, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I think it's just 
across the board, if you are eating out, you are going to be consuming more calories than if you made your food you at didn't, home. You made that comment the other day. Yeah. What, I don't really understand. Is that because just like uh, restaurant food is richer? Yes. There's so much more oil and butter and all sorts of sugar and everything in restaurant food you're not even aware of. Yeah. I am not aware of that stuff because sometimes I'm like the stuff that I'm eating here. I'm like, well, I might as well just order out, you know, but I guess you're right. Yeah. The food that you order from a restaurant is much richer and uh, that's because it's uh, they want you to come back for more because it's tasty and delish. I mean, if we were ordering salads from a to go salad place, it wouldn't be the case. But I look at what we order. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Man, I don't even have a chance to look at it. Yeah. Before we're, I, I eat it and poop it. So uh we're eating like a day's worth of calories in a meal when we ta- do takeout. Now, I'll say we haven't done takeout in at least two weeks, if not three. I am proud of us. Um, I did have a dinner fail the other day. I was, you know, I, t- I, Nick and I were prepping for this pod and this was something I wanted to talk about. And he was like, that's, that didn't happen. That's not what happened. So it's going to be good for us to discuss this so you guys can see the two sides of the coin. But um, on last Monday... My friend Marlena had me over for dinner. She was like, come over. I'm going to cook. I'm going to make us this delicious meal. And I had told her that I wanted to eat healthy. And so she was like, I'm going to do a veggie sort of melody. Medley. Melody? Um, Melody would be like a song. Yeah. Medley could also be a song. (laughs) But it is medley. She's going to do like a veggie stir fry type thing with salmon. So a big little hunk of salmon. And I watched her cook it. She cut up a bunch of peppers, onions, cauliflower, broccoli. She put it in a pan with oil, salt, mm, some lemon juice. She got it nice and crispy. She put the salmon right in the middle. She put a piece of butter on the salmon. She let that thing get uh, like a golden sort of, uh, you know, the outside got a little golden crust. The inside perfectly pink and tender. So good. So simple. So right. I didn't have it. I was like, well, you know what? I'm inspired. I'm going to do the same thing for Nick. I'm going to cook us dinner at the house. I even went to the same supermarket that she had gotten all of her ingredients from. Shout out to Sprouts. Sprouts Farmer's Market in Los Angeles. Which you said was a mix between Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. It is as if Trader Joe's and Whole Foods had a baby. Yeah, it's like even the price is in between Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Is it superior to either? I would say personally it's superior to Whole Foods. And... I think it might be superior to Trader Joe's too. The thing that Trader Joe's has is just so many um, of their own line of things. You know what I mean? So it's like go to Trader Joe's, you get, you know, you're gonna get some good TJ snacks. You get those JoJo's, those Josephines, those Jose's. Thinking like chili lime cashews, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, but the problem with Trader Joe's is that when you're done there, you have to then go to another grocery store to get like the four things that Trader Joe's doesn't have. Anyway, so I uh, went to Sprouts, got the salmon, got the veggies, made a big proclamation. I'm making us dinner, babe. Just just you wait. I'm going to make us freaking dinner. I was pretty excited. Yeah, Nick was pumped. He actually started asking for it around 4 p.m. He was, was like, when are you going to eat that dinner? And I was like, well, I was going to start around 6. But Nick was like, maybe I should just have a hamburger. And that's when I knew I needed <laughs> to start cooking. Because I didn't want him to have a hamburger and ruin his appetite. Well, at the time, I just didn't have anything like to eat in between like cereal and a hamburger. Like there was just, I have, I have like, I went to Costco 
I bought 7,000 frozen hamburgers. I ate two of them within the past two months. And so I have so many of those and I was out of everything else. So I was sort of really banking on this meal. And so I was like, maybe I'll just eat a hamburger and then in, a, in two hours I'll want salmon. <laughs> And the thing with Nick and I, I know we talk about food a lot on the pod. And I know that from, it seems like we're grown adults, but I will say that Nick has this problem and I do too, but Nick probably more, a little bit more than me is like the not ever really planning a meal or knowing when the meal is going to happen, like waiting until we're very hungry to eat. So when Nick started asking for, not today, today, I, last night I said, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to make us breakfast. Yeah. Nick was like, we're starting the day off. Right. Yes. And I appreciated that. But I, I just had, Nick had that look in his eye this for this salmon dinner. Where I was like, oh, he hasn't eaten anything since like breakfast six hours ago. This man is starving. So I got on and I started making it. I started doing all the things I saw Marlena do. Now, something I had seen her do when she was cooking was use like a substantial amount of oil. Like I was like, wow, that's a lot of that's a lot more oil than I would usually use and a lot more salt than I would usually use. But the thing that she made was so tasty and delicious that I was like, maybe I need to step up my oil and salt game a little bit. And so I, I put in more than usual. And um, I, I, I think that that was one of the, I would say, yeah, one of the worst meals I've ever made, like top five bad meals Ashley has ever made. And it's, I spent like an hour and a half to make something I didn't want to eat. Truly strange because when I was eating it, like she was so upset about it and I was eating it. And I was like, this tastes like every other salmon and every other sort of stir fry vegetable thing that I've ever had. And it was good. It was bad, it. y'all. It was bad. Like the... I could tell it was a little oily. It was oily. It was oily. It was but too you salty. you had rice. The rice kind of soaked that up a the little bit. The rice soaked up some of the oil. But like, yeah. I was so disappointed. And that's the thing with cooking, okay? I don't know who we need to talk to. I don't know who I need to write a letter to. But I'm, I feel like cooking at home is a scam. Because you will spend like two hours making something. And then you have to eat it whether or not it's good and that's very frustrating to me because what I made was poo poo I hated it it was caca Nick liked it I appreciated that I couldn't tell if Nick just was doing that to be sweet I wasn't I thought it was good salmon was overcooked it was like ugh. how how well i think the big problem wasn't you didn't defrost the salmon all the way so right like, well i had just come started. from the the grocery store where the salmon was frozen so i had like tried to do a quick defrost here didn't work didn't work so i, I listen i say you got to get back up on the horse you got to try I make again. that for tonight for dinner should i pop I would love in some salmon tonight what are you salmon in the fridge yep. yeah totally yeah defrost. i mean did it did you google after that, how long salmon takes to defrost? Yeah, it's like put it in the fridge in the morning when you're gonna make it for dinner. Yeah, which would be now. Totally. I mean, uh, if you're in, if you, but then that means you absolutely have to cook it. Yeah, I'm gonna skip. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. We had we had a lot of meat yesterday. Sure. And um, I kind of got meated out. I don't really need meat today. Is how I feel. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the salmon, so don't rest assured, Ashley. Thanks, you're, babe. You're still golden in my eyes, okay? I just needed some food. I mean, my problem with cooking is you cook, cook, cook. My mom used to say this, too, is, like, you would cook for so long, and then you eat it in, like, like a fraction of the time that it took to cook. Like, sometimes 
it takes like, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes, maybe even an hour if you're talking about some prep or defrosting where you're actually like cooking and in the kitchen, like active and everything's, you use every pot and pan. Yeah, place is a just, mess. Place is fucking a mess. And then you go and you take these little plates over to your table and then like you put them down and then people are done eating in no lie, like four minutes. And you're just like looking at all the dirt that you have to clean up all of the mess and you're just like oh man i don't know if this was worth it at all you know what really yeah i agree and i think that like something you and i should do we gotta embrace a more european lifestyle babe and i think we should really try to eat slower because i have a couple of friends who eat slowly and they are happier people i'd like to eat slower i'm always so hungry is the problem i know that's why we have to start having meals like we need to have three meals a day i can't believe we are adults who still haven't figured out i the don't three eat meals a day thing i eat breakfast for i eat you, breakfast for lunch and i usually don't have breakfast yeah you don't eat lunch and everyone suffers because around hey. four or five you start getting you get testy not as much as you dog not as much as you yeah we both have a problem no you got the problem no i'm saying we both no do. it's just you admit that you're a big part of I'll it i'll never admit anything ever you know another that. bad eating habit nick has hey <laughs> that is something i've worked on in my adulthood is not just like having a meal of snacks like nick will be hungry and then just eat like a full like a whole large family size bag of like pistachios and it's like those are only you're only supposed to have like a couple handfuls of those not like a whole meal of pistachios listen i'm a muncher i like to munch i like to snack it's tough i'm always i feel like i'm always hungry and so when i'm trying to be good to myself that ends up being like almonds or pistachios or pecans or something like that yeah, I just don't it's think better humans that than were M&Ms, meant. You know, I don't think we were meant to consume that many nuts because when you think about it, it's like hunter gatherers, right? They're like gathering all of these nuts. The time it takes to crack the nut, and then have you ever cracked a walnut and gotten that sweet meat out of it? Yeah, I it cracked takes a walnut time. around the holidays. Yeah, like you're not just throwing back fistfuls of them. You know what I mean? Walnuts are too dry anyway. It wouldn't be fun. I love a walnut. It's my favorite nut. I like a, uh, this is my favorite nut, you ready? A pre-shelled, meaning a de-shelled pistachio that is dusted in some sort of like sweet ranch Ew. dust. <laughs> Sounds gross. Yeah, it's good. Sweet ranch. Apparently, Hidden Valley Ranch is making a vegan ranch. Like, I've seen all these YouTubers that I follow using it. I can't find it anywhere. I need it. I love ranch, but it, it, there is always like a tinge of like, ugh, this is a lot of dairy. It's like sticking my carrot in like a congealed dairy was, mass. I thought it was really mostly dill. Nah, it's mostly cream. Like what kind of cream? Like milk like, cream from a cow. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a lot of milk product. I'm not a ranch guy. I don't do ranch like like you guys do ranch. That's a southern thing. We've yeah. talked about it before. Yeah, ranch is important. It's a big part of my life. When I go when I go out to dinner in in the south with Ashley and her family, it's just a bunch of ranches going around for that for those salad dressings. Ranchy or ranch there. Yeah, like, and we y'all put, are ranching so much. We are. We use ranch in a lot of different ways. We yeah, use it sometimes, with pizza. Yeah, sometimes we like a dip on the table with like a di- a dipping apparatus to dip and then that's ranch and then there's some salads going around with ranch dressing on mm, top mm, mm, mm. too much ranch 
we're watching um, Real World London, which I think is like the fourth or fifth season, fourth season. Um, it is historically thought of as like the most boring season. Uh, is it? I don't yeah. think so. When it came out, it was thought like to be very boring. More boring than the first three. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because there are some seasons of that show that suck, but I mean, there's been like 30 seasons. People you know. thought London was a dud for a long time, but only in retrospect are people were like, oh, that was actually a pretty good season. So far, it's my favorite favorite season we've watched yeah we watched like five or six episodes it's really fun to watch i love it i'm so into it it's so 90s it's it's incredible i think it's a so far it is a perfect real world season but i'm bringing that up because one of the it's in london and one of the american characters there was a very fun scene when they went to the grocery store and like he could not find ranch and he was freaking out he's like how why don't they have ranch here and they were like this is europe we don't have ranch and he's like my my family's got to mail me ranch. Yeah, it, it was really kind of fun, but also depressing on how, you know, Americans are just stuck in their ranchy ways. Uh, Real World London, fantastic season so far. What I like about it is if you really just want to feel what the 90s were like, I think Real World London is very 90s. It came out, it debuted in, I believe, June of 1995. I mean, that's very 90s. It's so 90s yeah I mean, everything about it is 90s one of the character has like that this is just the, a part of our audience nick will get this and another part will not but like there is a girl named cat on real world and in her introductory interviews she has those little fairy earrings if you guys remember that kind of hang from the lobe and have the gym stuff they're they're such a 90s iconic symbol in my mind as a gal who was, you know, very present and very paying attention to fashion in the mid-90s. Like, I was, like, obsessed with Seventeen and Sassy Magazine. These fairy earrings were everywhere. I don't even know what you're talking about, really. I've never heard of these, and I don't. I did not see them on the show when we were watching, so you'll have to point them out next time. I will. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, the characters on there, really strange, odd characters, uh, characters, well, people that they put on that show. But yeah, so if you're not, if you're, if you're looking for like a something to throw on, so 25 minutes an episode, get over there. Paramount Plus, Real World, Season 4, London. Loving it. Loving it. We're doing a lot of TV lately. Uh, usually, I guess. But we've, uh, we're kind of varying up uh, some of our stuff. As you know, Lost is over for us. And I guess everybody else who's seen it. <laughs> but uh, for Still us, Still haven't watched the original Probably ending. not going to do that. Not gonna, so sad. Uh, you guys know. We won't go back into it. I think last week we talked about it. The big uh, cruff. Is it kerfuffle or kerfluffle? Uh, I think it was the Kerf first one, Kerfuffle. I think it's Kerfuffle too. I've heard this week two separate people say Kerfuffle, and I don't I'm like, "I think there's a fluff in there." I don't think there is either. It's yeah, that it's a Kerfuffle. Yeah. Anyway, check back. We'll let and you guys could see uh, last week. You guys can hear about uh, how bad our lost, uh, the ending of Lost was tragic. Tragic for us in a uh, specific way. But yeah. F you Hulu. It has opened up more time in our evenings. Um, Honestly, we have brand new lives now that Lost is over. So I, we had a pact, Ashley and I go, I will finish out Lost with you. But as soon as Lost is over, you must, must, must start watching Succession with me, starting from the first episode so that I can watch the third season with you and we'll be all together. So we have started that and we've made some good headway. I think we're like seven episodes into the first season, something yeah. like that, right? Yep. And uh, I've seen the first and second seasons 
Uh, it's definitely my favorite television show going today. Um, and watching it, rewatching this first season, I feel the exact same way. It's a, a hauntingly wonderful show. Um, incredible acting going on in this show. Uh, and just the performances are so tense and, and crazy. Ashley, I got to ask you, how, how you liking Succession so far? I'm really liking it now. There was, I it was a struggle. The first few episodes was hard, were hard, mainly because no one's that likable. Um, you're not rooting for anyone. And it does feel like you're just wasting your life watching monsters on television. Uh, but then I started getting into it and I, I super started rooting for Kendall, who is uh, one of the children, Kendall Roy. I was like, I'm on Kendall's side and I want Kendall to win. Like whatever it is, I'm rooting for Kendall. He's the sympathetic character. And then there was, I would say like maybe six episodes in, there was a very tense episode where Kendall failed pretty big in a big way. And um, I I kept getting up and leaving the couch and then making wild proclamations to Nick that like I wasn't going to watch the show anymore. If this doesn't work out for Kendall, I'm done. OK. And then it didn't. And uh, we took a day off. We went back. I'm back in. I love it again. Yeah. I mean, for those of us who have seen most of this show, I mean, Ashley is she was uh, moved in a physically painful way yeah it hurt while me. watching like Kendall have like a pretty almost like a really what what would a, a amount to an awkward situation between he and his father and the company um, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything but for those of us that have seen you know most or all of the show you know it's just like if you're gonna bail there you might as well just bail because it does not get easier for anybody in this show <laughs> So um, it just continues the snowball of just like uh, family drama and et cetera, uh, interpersonal uh, demons. Is, mm. It just becomes um, insurmountable at that point. But uh, at, at a point of this show. But who knows? I haven't seen season three. Maybe it's all great now. Um, yeah, I yeah. doubt that. Ashley, yeah, she kept having questions for me like, why are we watching this show? It's like, <laughs> who am I supposed to root for? It's like, what is this? Am I supposed to just... After the first episode, she was like, yeah, it was interesting, but like, is the point of the show like, ooh, look at these rich people. Let's see how they live. Yeah, is it like, are we just watching this as some sort of voyeuristic, let's see how the ultra rich live? Because I'm not interested in that, and I don't think people should be that rich. Yeah. So morally, I'm opposed to this like lifestyle and and the system that supports it. And now that we're like six episodes in, you realize you know it's hard out there for an uber elite. Nah, I still think it's pretty easy, um, but they do have a lot of issues. Yeah, and they're pretty insane fun issues to watch i i think personally. well i'm still rooting for kendall you know yeah. and i'd like to see i'd like to see cousin greg something happen with him i'd be into that yeah yeah they're good characters i like them um anyway so we're, we're we're in succession now we should be out of this one a lot quicker than it took for lost i would imagine we'll be all caught up in like two weeks time thing about succession though is that you really can't watch two episodes in a row like it's so intense that it's like you just kind of can only really do one a night. We actually watched a movie last night that was also so intense that it's like that's you can't watch anything after that that is um, 
that's going to require attention. You need to let your mind compress. We watch a good time because we're both very excited about the new Batman coming out. And Nick had seen good time um, a few years ago, right? Yeah, I watched it in Brooklyn at some point um, without you. I don't know. I think you actually might have been out of town. And I pulled the trigger on good time. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. Yeah, it's great. It's I don't think my mom would like it. Interesting. Yeah. Why why don't you think your mom would like it? I think good time we could talk more about. It's it was it was it came out years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um so I think we could so if you're not interested in hearing like plot lines and details of good time, I guess fast forward five minutes or so. Um we'll talk about Big Brother. But uh yeah, um why wouldn't your mom like good time? Because it's just like, um, what was the, the other movie that they made that we watched? Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Okay, because Uncut Gems and this movie both do the same thing, which is like just the whole movie is a, bi- a tension build. It's like, like you're on like, uh, not that I have ever had it, but it seems like you might be on some sort of like a coke like driven yeah uh, uh, like panic attack well it's like the the first quarter of the movie is like you're on a roller coaster going up you know waiting for the big drop and then the drop happens and then you're just doing upside down loops for the rest of the movie like and it's just building and it upside down loops that are also going up to build to another drop you know it's like if it's like a song that's just slowly increasing tension until it breaks into like the best drum solo of all time yeah but that drum solo is like kind of frightening yeah yeah (laughs) when when the beat drops it doesn't make it better Um, there's no rest for the weary it's interesting that uh, it's directed, um, written and directed by the Safty brothers or the Softy brothers. Um, uh, and these guys make movies that feel like it almost like experiences over movies. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, they are pretty much my favorite filmmakers right now. And uh, Good Time and Uncut Gems are, pr- are pr- is probably, they're probably in my top five movies of like the last 10 or so years you know and pretty high Mm. i I think i do after watching i've I've seen uncut gems twice and now i've seen a good time twice i do think i like uncut gems more um it's funnier uh you know i i do like the characters in uncut gems just a little bit more than i like the characters in uh good time mm-hmm. uh, i think i i do i think that that adam sandler and uncut gems is just so fucking good yeah um and yeah the uh pattinson was is great in good time yeah i mean uh he's a brit number one and yeah. he does like a pretty decent queens guy yeah um so yeah it was pretty good but i i think just the the how huge the character of uh I forgot what his name is, but that just, you know, Adam Sandler's character, the the jeweler it, yeah. is just so wild and crazy. Yeah. Um, I might like Good Time more. Yeah, that's that's fine. So what I like about Good Time is and it's kind of cool, but it's just like also like these guys are clearly so into like gritty early 80s, mid 70s New York films. Yeah. Like. Good time feels like Taxi Driver. Yeah, it does. I mean, Taxi it Driver really is does. the same vibe where you're like, is this a fucking movie? Yeah. Like, we're following this guy around? Yeah. You know, like the ultimate untrustworthy narrator, like mm-hmm. where we're like the guy in, uh, what's his what's his name in uh, in Taxi Driver? De Niro. I forgot what his name is now. Um, where you're you're like, 
this guy's like a lunatic, right? Like he's the lead. Wow, you're right. There's so many parallels between this movie and that. Yeah, even it, and then the, just the shots of New York, you know, uh, and and the and the honestly the through line really is Safety Brothers, but like both of those movies were scored by Daniel. I forgot his last real last name, but he's the artist. Uh, One O Tricks Point Never. Um, as a matter of fact, he's credited. The score is credited. Uh, to one o tricks point never in this movie, and it's credited as uh, Daniel Lopatin, I believe his name is, credited to Daniel Lopatin in Uncut Gems. I think kind of at this point, the artist is sort of trying to separate like his projects a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you listen to both of the scores on, you know, a streaming service, they feel just like um, incredible, like just synth albums. Um, it's they're amazing. Like they are. They are half the movie what i really love about our new tv is it you have the ability to hook up two uh bluetooth uh speakers or or, headphones. or like headphones to it and get like a surround sound and like it sounds wonderful and both ashley and i had headphones on last night and fuck there were points of that movie where i almost like closed my eyes and just kind of like was completely like entranced by the score and the vibe of good time yeah so good agreed um, and it adds so much. We talked about it after the movie. We were like, uh, with that, this movie without that score, the score is lift is lifting this movie up at least fifty percent. Yeah, it's doing so much lifting on that. Um, and I'm the biggest fan of uh, One O Tricks Point Never. If if you are interested in sort of synth and like really like almost like sci-fi like action score sort of music, um, almost in the in the vibe of um. Um, who's the guy who made Halloween? Um, John Carpenter. Like John Carpenter scores a little bit, like just like really like 80s and 70s, like drenched synth, arpeggiated synth. That if you're if that floats your boat, check out One O Tricks Point Never. It's uh, he's fantastic. But this movie is just such a. It's all like happening in Flushing Queens, and it's, it's so Queens. It's, it's so, so Queens. New York. It happens over the course of like. It feels like 24 hours. You're just kind of following a guy. And um, it it feels very real. Like all of the characters feel like New York people that it kind of made me f like a miss New York a little totally. bit. Even though it's so scary and dark, yeah. it still does. Kinda. But those are kind of like, those are alleyways of the New York mind that you just won't get here in Los Angeles. So yeah, it did make me miss that. And I feel like not to compare it to uncut gems. I don't want to like go back and forth, but uncut gems had like a lot of very big characters. You know, you were kind of talking about that. Like this, all of these characters felt just so real. Like you could just walk down a street in Elmhurst and find all, all five of those characters within two blocks of each other. Yeah. So I really liked that. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, we're trying to watch more movies, you know, we did spend about the last five years of our life kind of binging reality television. And now we're, we're getting back into movies. Nick some scripted, never, some scripted, some scripted. Nick really never got out of it, but, I did, but now I'm getting back into it. I'm enjoying it. We have a good like movie watching where we're sitting right now. We have a good setup. We got a good setup for it. It's comfortable and nice and it's fun. And Listen, before we move on, I, I do have to I talk want, about something. I don't want to move on yet. I have, oh, I have, you have something to say? I have one more thing I want to say oh, about okay. the movie. Uh, was, did you have another thing about no, Good uh -uh. Time? So how about the guy who, who the, the character of Nick, 
Yeah. Um, what so is, good. How do you think? How, what do you think about the character of Nick in that movie? I think that it, it was great. That's Benny Softy, the guy, one of the brothers. Oh, really? He's in uh, Licorice Pizza. What? Yes, he's in. He, he's on the cover of the screener of here. He's in. He's like the actory one of the Softy brothers. The oh, other I one's thought the he did a great job. But he wrote that and and direct and he'd been. He, I watched documentaries. He well for those who haven't seen it, the one of the the directors are brothers and writers, and they wrote it together, and they usually direct together. Also, he also did the sound for this movie, which I thought was like interesting. He's that's like wild, making sure the sound is good during these scenes that they're like filming. And like, isn't it insane how so how some people are just so fucking talented? Well, here's <laughs> the thing: he plays a mentally handicapped guy in this movie. Yeah, which I. F- find i don't you don't see that that often anymore i think it's pretty frowned upon it is at this point people are like just hire a a, you know a person who has the thing that you're looking to cast you know what i mean like but he had been working on that character for years like a decade of working on that character because they wrote these scripts first of all they wrote uncut gems before they wrote good time and they had been pitching that movie around to get it made uh, for years before Good Time got made. And they were um, trying to get Adam Sandler to agree to do Uncut Gems for like 15 years. Wow. And he like, I think after like Punch Drunk Love or whatever, they were trying to like giving him this script and trying and he wouldn't read it. And then after years of that, they had written Good Time together and... Uh, Robert Pattinson saw a movie that they made called uh, Daddy Long Legs, like kind of like a real indie movie that they made and was like, uh, what what do you guys got? And they sent them Good Time and he was like, I'll do it. And then so they got to make Good Time. They had no idea that they'd ever be able to make Good Time. That's cool. Because their whole baby was uncut gems. Wow. So uh, it, it's really fascinating. What I mean, th- these guys are like, if you're kind of interested in sort of like how f- like how do like young filmmakers do it? And like, what's like indie filmmaking? Like these guys are the guys like just writing scripts for like five years together, like Mm. the same script, just working on it and working on the characters and, and like finding the cast, like that weird cast of people. Like there's, they kind of collect sort of weird New York people to put in their movies. It's such like a filmmakery thing. It gets me like excited about that stuff. Uh, film, um, in a way, but Yes, I, it's it's a haunting depiction of a person, in my opinion, the character of Nick in this movie. He did an incredible job. So, he did. I mean, to the point when I first saw it, I did not know that who he was or what it was. And I thought for a little bit that this guy was like a deaf guy. Yeah. Like who was a handicapped guy. Um, and then when I realized it was just the director who had been working, and you can find shorts online of him using this character in places. It's so bizarre. Wow. It's so weird. But uh, awesome movie. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. You had something to say before that I cut you off. Yeah, but now it's like not even important compared to that. That's so interesting. Well, you know, we'll keep going. We oh, have, we have okay. a podcast it's, to it's do. Not about the sh- it's not about the movie, though. What I was going to talk about, you guys, this is so such a hard swerve but what i was going to talk about was um lily has started to do something really cute in our lives oh nick's bringing me over the um oh yeah yeah he's great oh okay 
Yeah, he's in Licorice Pizza. Nick just showed me the character he is in, in Licorice Pizza. He he does an excellent job. Wow. He's a good actor. He's I, a multi-talented young man. Yeah, yeah, he's a little more attractive than uh, his brother, I think. And mm. Maybe that's why he's that's the only actor. That's why he's in front of the camera. And his brother is is uh, way more uh, directory. Like when you see him, you're like, oh, that's a director guy. Um, but uh, anyway, let's move on from this and we'll talk about big brother no i was talking about lily babe when you went up to get the thing oh you want to talk about the chair i want to talk about the chair okay, let's talk about the so chair. we have this balcony it overlooks our little creek there's a bunch of trees lily uh our living room is like the the wall that faces the creek and the trees and the balcony is one giant sliding glass door and lily sits in front of it and she watches the birds and then Nick and I go out on the porch every now and then. We have our coffee out there sometime. And then about a couple weeks ago, we started letting Lily out on the porch in her little leash and harness. We'd do that for a little bit. And now when we go out, we just open the screen door. Lily runs out onto the porch and then runs straight to her little blue chair, hops on the blue chair, sits on the blue chair, watches nature for about 15, 20 minutes, and then goes back inside. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's the um, cutest thing I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite things that Lily's ever done is the fact that she'll go and just sit on that chair for a little bit. And then when she's done, she'll just go inside. Yeah, we don't have to. And this is a big deal because we don't have to worry about her like trying to go to the edge of the porch, maybe jumping. Uh, you do have to worry have about to, it. You have and, to and pay it's not attention. Like she had, hadn't done that in the past when we brought her out there. She got a little too close to the edge for my liking. You have to pay attention. But what it is is that she's a quick learner, y'all, because when I took her out there, like the first two times I took her out there, without a harness and a leash I would just pick her up and put her in the blue chair and be like you stay here because you can keep your eye on her there it's just a camp chair and now she just goes to it on her own so you know we we get mad at her for when she pees in the tub and then we go oh she doesn't know better she's just a dumb animal I think she knows better okay we've learned from watching her run into her blue chair Lily can learn, and um, I think that from now on, I don't know what the answer is to this, but just know that she's capable of learning, Nick. <laughs> I I don't know if she's capable of learning. She learned to, to Joe, walk out and jump into the blue chair. No. I, is that learning? Yeah, because I would take her out and put her in the chair the first couple of times, and now she just does it on her own. Now, if you recall, she really liked that blue chair when we had it, when we didn't have any furniture and it was here, and she would jump in it anyway. So I think it's more she likes the sound that the chair makes. Nah. It's a vinyl blue chair. She likes the little scratchy But she wasn't sound. going into it at first I until I put imagine, her into it. I just it. can't imagine Lily learning anything. I know. It does seem impossible. She's just like a real lump. Uh, we did have a friend who... Uh, um, or you really you had a friend who told you yeah I had nice I had her. some an outdoor brunch with some gals on Saturday and one of them was like hey I love the pics you put of Lily up on your insta stories I'm not a cat person but um I just love her little chunky face and she's a little chunkster and I was like she is indeed <laughs> yeah she's a real chunky chunk and that helps her and yeah. then I got to tell the, the classic Lily story about taking her to the vet and being like, are we feeding her enough? Because she asked us for food all of the time. And they were like, yeah, you're feeding her enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, we're like, but how come she asked us for food? And she was like, yeah, 
it's a cat. You don't have to give her the food. Yeah. And we were like, so we can just ignore her. And they were like, yeah, she could lose a couple of pounds. Yeah. Let's just say she's getting enough. What Let's just say? say she's not going without. She's not going without. Um, so, yeah, Lily's a little star. Nick and I had a conversation last night about how we feel bad for anyone else who has a cat because Lily's just so freaking cute. Yeah. It just kind of ruins other cats for for other people, for us. Me, really. And that's why we could never get another cat because it's like, you know, Lily is the cutest cat we've ever seen. And that's just how it is. I kind of want another cat personally, but that's me. I don't want another litter box. And that's just me. And they won't share. I you should have they say you should have one more litter box for every cat you have. Yeah. So technically, if you have one cat, you should have two litter boxes in the house. What? And if you have two cats, you should have three litter boxes. Should in we the get house. another litter box? I don't want to. Do you? <laughs> Where would I we mean, put if it? it? If it would make everything, uh, if it would make Lily be happier. Uh, yeah, I guess we could put it in our bedroom. Ew. Ew. I'd like to put one out on the porch. Yeah, that would be nice. But would like a squirrel come over and like eat her shit? Like gnaw on a turd. Gnaw <laughs> on a turd. We have huge orange squirrels in our complex here. Yeah, we they, do. They torture our poor Lily. Come over and they make little noises and Lily. Now she's doing this thing when we have the 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 pane window the screen. part open. Yeah, and the screen shut she'll run up and just like slam her head into the screen yeah she does she's maybe she's not that smart I <laughs> no she's it, doing it on purpose she doesn't really slam her head she actually just runs up and puts her slams her she paws like, on like her. bats at the screen yeah like let me out uh we're not too sure what that's about well more on that next week more on that next week okay we've got two more things to talk about on my list okay what else you got we have um brisket Jackass. Oh, we have three things. Roller skating in Venice. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother. All right, let's quickly run down some of the shorter things. So, uh, roller skating in Venice, Ashley uh, uh, hurt herself. Yeah, I pulled my back. I'm old. I can't do shit without hurting my back. But um, I went to roller skating on the classic, iconic sort of bike skate route on Venice Beach, skated past Muscle Beach. Uh, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was hard. It was hard because there's sand, there's people, and you don't want to look dumb on the beach. You know, that's the last place I want to look stupid is in on Venice Beach in California. So I pulled my back. I was doing a lot of wobbling, a lot of arms kind of flailing. And ever since then, Nick has had to put on my shoes. <laughs> and so, take them off. And take them off. Don't forget about so that. So we're struggling with that. Um, but it was so beautiful to skate there. You're skating on the beach. It was incredible. I absolutely loved it. And Is there, is there like cool little shops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's cool little shops. Not on the like... Not on the the paved part of the beach that I was on, but like over there are cool little shops. And then there's a Santa Monica boardwalk with it has a Ferris wheel. Yeah, and was all that, that rocking and rolling while you were there? It wasn't because it was daytime. It wasn't really going on. So at night it starts. I think at night it gets yeah. But and, and people say don't go on the weekends. It's too crowded. Oh. So I'd like to go one day after work. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, be into um. that. How long does it take to get there from here? It takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Depends on when you go. So 30 minutes if it was no traffic? 30 minutes was the way back. It took me like over an hour to get there because there was traffic. And we also went. Like Disney. 
We all, yeah, it's just like Disney. We also went early because like the earlier you get there, the fewer people are on the, um, the skate path. There was like some bikers there, lots of like angry older white men on bikes, like biking a little too fast and like, like, yeah, like yelling at skaters. Um, bikes only. And it's not, it's not bikes only, but they say sometimes they They try and lie. Yeah, and I also learned something interesting about skate culture, which is that all the roller skating, all the roller skaters, like when you would pass them, they would like be like, hey, skater, and like wave at you and smile or like flash a peace sign. And then all the inline skaters were just like head down, panting, pushing forward in like some sort of barbaric cardiovascular exercise attempt without any sort of communication with the outside world how nice how nice there's a those, schism between the two rollerbladers jerks they're too extreme to yeah i think hello. that's what's going on um and uh let's uh, run down the fact that ashley ate uh, beef last night i mean that's pretty wild that's pretty shocking so uh our good buddies uh sean and aaron um invited us over uh for a, a little barbecue not now, this was a big uh, kerfuffle on the phone with Ashley and her family. We didn't go to a barbecue. We went over four barbecues. Yeah, we ate barbecue. Right. We didn't go over. Because in the south, if you call, like in the north, uh, where I'm from in New Jersey, if I was going to go over to like a neighbor's house who was going to have us outdoor grilling meats and having some beers, we call that a barbecue. Come over and we'll have a barbecue. Well, that's a cookout because you're cooking right. outside. So, so that's apparently a big no-no. That is a cookout because barbecue refers to food. So like there's a bunch of different camps here. So like a part of my family or like hardcore barbecue cannot be a verb. You can't, it can't be a place. You it can't, can't barbecue be a, anything. it can't be a thing. It's a type of food. You're smoking meat to create barbecue basically. Um, but you're not barbecuing meat. So it's not a verb. It's not a place. It's not an activity. It's just a thing. So anytime you would go somewhere it would be a cookout. If you're cooking outdoors, hamburgers, hamburgers and hot dogs are, that is a cookout. The amount of times I got invited to a barbecue in Brooklyn and I'd show up and people were just cooking a hamburger on a grill. Like that is bizarre to me that anyone would call that a barbecue that you're cook. It's a cookout. Um, and then I would always refer like in my mind, a barbecue is somewhere you go where like meat is being smoked. So like if you have a, a a whole hog and a smoker, then like you could call that a barbecue. But my family was like, no, that's a pig picking, which is true. I always thought pig picking and barbecue was there were interchangeable words. But, you know, you learn. You, you can never stop learning. Everything's a barbecue to me. Nothing is a barbecue. <laughs> it's either a cookout or a pig picking. So, yeah, we ate some brisket. Sean was on a wait list for, like, a long time for Franklin Barbecue. Yeah, so long that he had forgotten that he put himself on that wait list. And so when he got the the, the notification that he was going to have a whole lot of brisket being shipped to his home, he gave us a text and was like, you want to come over and eat some brisket? And uh, Ash was like, I don't know. I don't really eat brisket. But I don't eat maybe, beef. Maybe it's maybe it'll be okay and I'll have some. And we went over there and God damn it was that brisket huge and juicy and incredible. It was so good. I'm so glad I had some. 
I what feel was it guilty. Like? What was it like when you had it? It was it was just delicious. Tasty, delicious. You loved it. Yeah. That's now, so if it was pork of any kind, I would have definitely not had it. It was it. I did feel weird eating the beef, but um, you know, it was so good. How's your body feel? Kind of constipated, actually. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, meat meat is a. Uh, I didn't necessarily sleep great, you know. It does mess with my, my body a little bit. My oh, body's man. like, well, it takes a lot of energy to digest meat. So it, like, makes me tired after I eat it. But I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Had a great time. Um, so let's uh, round this out by talking a little bit about Big Brother, a celebrity Big Brother. We have a full week of uh, of television that we watched. Um, eh, truth be told, we didn't even watch the eviction and HOH. We just kind of read about it because uh, uh, it was a 90-minute episode and we already knew who had been booted and also crowned. And yeah. so to we were, get through we all of see, that. <laughs> we went to see the premiere of Jackass on Friday night. And that oh, was yeah. also when the Big Brother eviction and new head of household was happening. And then we just caught up on the deep. So real quick, let's talk about Big Brother and then we'll quickly give our thoughts on uh, Jackass and then, and then that's the pod. So... Um, Celebrity Big Brother, I had low expectations for it, and it has exceeded my expectations. Um, wasn't so into the cast when it was revealed. A couple of people I was interested in, mostly Chris Kattan. Um, and uh, turns out the, they, there's a few gamers in, in there, and it's a different game than Big Brother regular. They're not playing as, like, they don't care as much. So they're not playing as tight. And so, like, as Ashley said, like, spoiler alert, she told me last night there was a split vote on the first vote when normally... From the Big Brothers that we're used to watching, like it's always just like a house decision to vote like one person, and there's no drama. Yeah, everybody falls into line. Yeah, the um, celebrities are like they're playing a little bit more loose and wild, and it's so fun to watch. And then you know this season particularly, when the cast was released, people were not happy. Like they were like, this cast is going to be boring as hell. Like, what is this whack cast? And so far, it has only delivered entertainment and drama. Yeah. I've been loving it. They're like, whack cast, whack cast. Cut to like day three, Lamar Odom shit the bed, literally. Yeah. Cut to day three when like you go on Twitter and everybody's like, get on the feeds right now. And like you're like running over to the feeds to see what's going on. People's games are being blown up. Yeah. Haven't gotten much into the feeds yet. I will. This is a short game. There's only going to be like, you know, three or four weeks of feeds. So... Um, I'll get in there. I'll get in there. We watched a little of them eating dinner last night. What's nice about living in uh, Los Angeles, though, is they're in Los Angeles as well. And they're so on when, our time. When you're eating dinner, they're eating dinner. Yeah. When in New York, it was always kind of strange, like where it was like they were, you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning and good shit would happen. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. But really, it's only, you know, 11 there. So, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that some some politicking is going on. But uh, I'm enjoying the cast. Chris Kattan is a weirdo. 100% is a weirdo. So, um um, Ashley's back. I'm like, couldn't I? I can't. This is what's been going on, like, what during this podcast is Ashley. I feel like he's giving me strange signals and doing something, and I realize it's just because her body is teetering over, <laughs> and she does not have the physical capabilities like to pull herself to up. Me pull. Yeah, I'm like, what kind of signal is this? I'm like, oh no, you're just like <laughs> falling over. 
<laughs> so Celebrity Big Brother, I guess more to report on uh, next week. The boot this week, I don't know. Maybe some of you didn't know, hasn't seen it yet, so we won't ruin it. But it is not a surprise if you were keeping up with uh, what was going on in the first couple of episodes of the show. Um, and uh, now I think it's going to get a little bit more dangerous in there. A gamer has become uh, HOH, uh, and uh, so uh, the what looked like might be maybe the minority alor- uh, alliance uh, seems to have turned into the majority alliance in one week's time. So, uh, you know, Big Brother stuff is happening, folks. Get yeah, up in it. If you've always been like, I think I would like I want to watch Big Brother, but I'm like scared to put my toes in. This would be a good season to test out because it's shorter than usual and everyone is very entertaining. Yeah. And you might know one or two people on the show. So you have kind of like a hook. And don't you want to hear Lamar wax poetic about his love for Chloe? Yeah. It's so bizarre. Sort of the Kardashian adjacent situations that are happening in the house. So if you have any interest in that world, you got to get in on Big Brother. There's a couple of ties to the to the K family. Um, folks, I think that's the podcast. I think we did a great job and I think you did too. Uh, and in order to reward us with how good of a show we gave you, please give us five stars on the Apple podcast app, uh, write a little nice review. I really appreciate it. And also I do a vlog on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Nick Maritato, which is my name. That is my YouTube, uh, account. And then you could go and watch all 15 or 16 vlogs I have up there. Last Thursday, they come out every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Last Thursday, we went to this uh, interesting thrift store called It's a Wrap where they have a whole bunch of uh, clothing uh, from like sets and like movies and TV. And then we went to like a museum installation for a video VHS store. It was uh, a wild ride. Check it out over there on the vlog, and uh, the link should be in the the description. Now, Nick, I know you're wrapping up the podcast, and I do appreciate you making that decision and and going forward in that way. But we did tease at least twice that we would talk about Jackass. So I do think we should just kind of give our thoughts. And I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. um, Which is that, like, you know, Jackass was not necessarily a huge part of my life growing up. It was always there, though, and I enjoyed it. Mainly, like, the guys, you know, always liked it. But Jackass is going to make me laugh. It just is. And so this was a big... um, movie jackass forever we were going to the theaters we were kind of weirded out about getting you know everyone wore their mask but we're also kind of like if we get covid and jackass that's just how it's gonna go that's that's it that's how it will be um that's the most jackass thing that could happen so we went to see it and it was opening night packed place So fun to be in a movie theater with people having a shared experience, laughing at it. It made the movie, in my opinion, way better than just us watching it at home. I loved having that experience with all those strangers. And I loved laughing cathartically. Like this was just one long laugh is what it felt like. But, you know, another one that my mom wouldn't like. Lots of dicks, lots of nuts. A couple of shits and <laughs> some blood. Yeah, my mom wouldn't have liked this movie either. Um, but I loved it. I think it's a fantastic movie, and it's going to be the funniest movie of the year. And you should go see it in the theater if you're up for it. Um, and it's definitely a great communal watch. So if yeah. you're not going to watch it in the theater when it comes to streaming, at least watch it with some friends or some family or something because. It is a wild ride. It, it, it riddled, drenched in nostalgia for me. Uh, Jackass 
you know, debuted when I was like a seventh grader or an eighth grader. I mean, couldn't have been more up my alley uh, at the time. And, uh, you know, seen all the movies, I've seen all of the TV shows and kind of grew up with this thing. And it was uh, definitely a paradigm shift for kind of television, I yeah. think, where people were like, oh, stunts and pranks and fails. It invented fails culture. I mean, pe- that right? I mean, I think what, you're right. What, what, yeah. Were we ever like, oh, well, I guess America's no. Funniest Home Videos might have. done Yeah. That, but... And like old skate videos, they yes. would show like a skater failing a trick and then doing the trick. Yes. And that's where this I mean, Jackass came from skate videos. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's all there. It's all in the culture. I mean, and it's very much Jackass is very much a cultural touchstone. CKY. Um, Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Can't kill yourself. Yeah, but. But Jackass itself on MTV is a cultural touchstone. And this movie had so much nostalgia and heart to it. It was crazy that they were able to like eke out like a feel good movie. Yeah. In this like where they're like mutilating people's like (laughs) genitals. No, but it did feel like, oh, they all love each other. Yeah, It was just like in the movie's called Jackass Forever. And it's just like, you know, seems like it's going to be the last one. And there's like a, a torch passing going on, but also like. A great like throwback to all the old characters that you that you remember as a you know a kid if you were into this sort of thing and I mean believe me I poopies w- there's a new guy there's a star and his name is poopies um <laughs> yeah I it's uh it's fascinating because all I can remember as far as like well how did this like movie or like franchise like not movie the show sort of affected me it's like as soon as that first season dropped me and my friends were in the Kmart parking lot. Uh, putting each other in shopping carts and then like throwing the shopping carts like into the curb and like landing jumping out landing into bushes yeah I was literally like on the first episode of Jackass and it like took my town like uh, crazy I mean me and my friend Mike Stoffers like he was crazier than I was I mean we would just walk around and he would like have me like he would be running around in a jock strap. He would be yeah. jumping off of his house into like the shrubs. Yeah. I mean, it all just happened immediately because of Jackass. And it kind of changed people. In it a did. Real, in a weird way. It did. Um, uh, fantastic movie. Go see it. Um, Guys, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.